AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Intimate Knowledge. I'm Brooke Burke. I'm Megan King Edmonds. And I'm sex and intimacy coach Leela DeVille. And today we are going to talk to Dr. Viviana Coles. So I hear that she's on this show called Married at First Sight. I'm a little bit interested in what that really means. Married at First Sight. What? Okay, apparently yeah, what, what, they really actually literally get married for real, for real. At the, for the first time they ever see each other. The first time they ever meet. Like organized, like arranged like marriage. An, it's an arranged marriage. Whoa. 100%. Super interesting. I can't wait to talk to <laughs> and Viviana. it sounds so bizarre, see. but she has mad credentials. I mean, she's mm-hmm. president and lead psychotherapist at the Houston Relationship Therapy Institute. She's also the president and lead instructor at the Texas Sex Therapy Institute. She works on premarital counseling. She's a sex therapist. Um, this is going to be fascinating because it's it seems like such a stretch for our generation, right? Totally. And she's been doing this since 2003. She's been, you know, working with couples and and um, and sex therapists and you know what a marrying people at first sight, I guess, for wow. a long time. So this will be interesting. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to her. Right, let's get her in here. All right. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. 
I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go, and away we go. We are so excited to have you here with us, Viviana Coles, Dr. Viviana Coles. What should we call you? I don't. Dr. Viviana. Okay. <laughs> or just Viviana. Viviana. Okay. Or Dr. V. I, <laughs> or Dr. Yeah, I get that a lot now. Such a sexy Dr. name, Viviana. <laughs> Tell us first, um, I'm so curious, about Married at First Sight. Oh, what is there to tell? Everything. There's so Everything. much to tell. There's so much so to, good. as you all know, in relationships. So to see it play out with two strangers who have committed to the process of becoming married and then being filmed and documented and then hopefully being married forever. Scary. It's it's scary. It's intense is what intense. it is. It's mm. intense. Well, you're talking um, to two women right now that would really like to know how mm. that plays yeah, out we, and what's possible that's and right. how the hell do we. Yes, Brooke and I have both experienced a couple divorces. Okay. Right. Well, the thing about it is these people put so much faith in us to find other worthy partners. And so we go through so much to try to figure out what really makes them tick, what they need in a partner, um, the level of commitment, the level of attraction. Um, but first and foremost, we're doing background checks. We're doing mm-hmm. psychological evals. We're doing questionnaires that really get them to think about what their needs and wants are in very in-depth detail. And then if we find somebody that we can match them with, then we just hope that it all works out. And and we, of course, guide them along the way. But you can only, you know, you can lead a horse to water. And then they get a lot of therapy after. They are, absolutely. Sometimes they don't like each other. Well, they might not be attracted. I've seen the show a couple times, and um, the dynamics are 
I mean, sometimes they let, they're attracted and sometimes they'll say, well, I am attracted to them, but I didn't think that he was my type initially, but then he is. And, right. but sometimes they're, they're not attracted to one another at all. So the idea is Fair that, that initial attraction some, some can cologne. be there or it may not be there. And then we figure out how do they maintain that attraction if mm-hmm. it's there or how can they turn it around if it's not? Mm-hmm. Because as you know, when you meet somebody, you can be like, whoa, hey. And then the more you get to know them, you're like, oh, no. Less or, desirable. yay. <laughs> you know? I want to know, I want to like dive deep into keeping that connection and maintaining it. But before mm-hmm. we do that, cause I'm just curious, I mean, I know you are your background and you, um, you have a private practice that provides relationship therapy and sex therapy and also premarital counseling. So you must see all kinds of signs, um, things that we don't always recognize when we're in it. So uh, can we talk about that a little yeah. bit just with your experience as a professional so as, as a professional and as somebody who's typically an unbiased third party, I can see things from the outside that a lot of couples just don't really recognize. And fortunately, they're paying me to tell them when I see those mm-hmm. things. Because with friends, sometimes we keep our mouths shut. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we lose friendships. Mm-hmm. Well, and isn't that like, what are your thoughts on that as far as friendship goes? Because I don't know about you, Megan, but let me think of how to say this delicately. In divorce sometimes, and your friends come to the foreground after years at the end of the day when it's over and are like, God, thank God, or, oh, how'd you stay in that so long? Or, oh, how'd you? Or you're like, what? I thought you're like one of my closest friends. Like, wh- where, where's the code? Like, wh- what about the support and the honesty and the transparency during the Yeah, but if you're journey? already married, then... I know, what, what's that really going to accomplish? You know, maybe before the fact, I, yes, it's a for fa- sure. I know, it's but a even delicate during, thing. Even during, because I get what you're talking about when you say, oh, I never liked that person to begin with, or oh, we yeah. saw all the signs. Um, I guess there's a way to express there's yourself. There's a way. There's a way to say it. And I mean, as a therapist, I can tell you the curiosity. You can say, how are things going between y'all? Uh-huh. How are you feeling about yeah. things? How's your communication going? That's just available. I'm worried about you. you. Is he it, so you're saying ask the questions that allow an honest answer rather than is your advice not to avoid the subject matter with a girlfriend? Because this is this is great advice for a lot of women Definitely. because we talk about other women, we talk about everything, we're honest, we're inappropriate in so many different areas. But when it comes to love and relationships and marriage, with our closest friends, somehow the cat's got our tongue, and like when you know it's not going well, what? Wh- wh- I don't know that it's as helpful to say this is what I see that I don't like, but if you start to plant the seed that hey, you if you haven't thought about it, how does my spouse treat me? You know, hmm. how ask what really is our affection? How does that feel? How do you mm. feel when he does that? Yeah, I think like as a you're a therapist, so like something that's a little bit more transpersonal where you're inviting them into themselves where the answers actually lie. So you're not like saying, oh, this is the answer. You need to do this, that, and the other, but inviting someone into themselves so they can get in touch with their inner voice and just to open up the thought process rather than challenging them. That is the key. Not to say, um, he's not good for you. It's like, let your part, like your friend come to their own decision. They might need to go through that experience, but you can ask the really good questions to invite them to go deeper. And to I think look. we should as women, I think woman to woman, it's a, there's, it's a very fine, fine yeah. dance, right? A, a, mm-hmm. a delicate dance. But I, I 
finding the right words to just explore yeah. on their own, just, you know, self-evaluation. Yeah. And usually is it's nothing to do really with important. the partner, actually. And if you can kind of skew it away mm-hmm. from the partner and mm-hmm. make it more about your friend, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm sensing that you don't feel really enlivened right now. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, I love that. Non-judgmental. what you're picking up on and how you're perceiving them Open-ended, rather yeah. than being, oh, your partner's like this. You two therapists so, are so good ah, at this. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. <laughs> well, but it's interesting because I've actually had that happen in my own personal life and it made a real, a, a real significant impact on the views of my marriage. Um, and, they and this was actually with a previous marriage. Um, I too had a starter marriage, and starter. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, what do you call the second one so that better. failed? Uh, <laughs> the first one is a starter. What do you call the second one? <laughs> Just curious. I mean, and then if there's a third one, what do we call that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not the good legitimate question. Well, it depends on what you're. Maybe the second one was more of like the training process, <laughs> it was an audit. Um, let's let's Megan, face it, at, Megan, it's looking good I for mean, us. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's face it. Most of us are going to have two to three marriages. In our life, Megan, right? we're in training. This is, yeah. this is That's today. The statistic, we're in training for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, training, training, but, training. I'm good with that. Going, going back to that, all I had was friends who said, "We just spent days with you, and this is somebody alone without my partner at the time. We just spent days with you alone, and we don't know who you are. Are you the person that you are when you're with your partner, or are you the person that you are when you're with us? Because they're two completely." different people Wait, you've, you, you're telling me you've seen this I've like, seen this with the people on married at first sight so this is actually I'm just talking no, about this is my, your own my personal, personal life experiences. experience of that when someone else just says mm. hey we've noticed that you're very different and you seem really joyful and happy and free and unencumbered we don't know where that's stemming from but this is a different person than what we see when you're around mm. your partner Ooh. and that they weren't mm-hmm. judging They weren't saying, leave that guy. It was nothing like that because they know that they couldn't have said that to me. And, and that would have, that would have alienated me from Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for them just to say, we noticed this, do with it what you will, but you know, so saying that, Hey, are you happy? Yeah. Are you know, like, are you happy? How are you doing? Do you feel like you're in a partnership? That's not judging. And you know, and I've had girlfriends ask me that and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Really? Yeah, I, I'm happy. Yeah. You don't look happy. No, no I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm happy. Well, you kind of cry a lot. Well, I well, yeah, so I, but no, I'm happy. Really? Are you are you really happy? And it wasn't in a way like no, you're not. No, I just thought, that my, legitimate. My same. They they would ask me, but more along the lines of what you're saying, Viviana, about how with um you know, you'd be one person here mm-hmm. with this, you know, individual. And then when you're away from that individual, you're, you're enlivened and happy yes. and free. And I have had friends say that to me in the past. And so what does that mean? Like in your professional evaluation, if that's happening, mm-hmm. um, how do we, pro- how do we process, how do women process that? How do you process that as a professional? Well, mm-hmm. I think like what I ended up doing is I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. I went to say, Hey, Mm-hmm. Somebody noticed this about mm-hmm. me. I don't know what to do with it because it really kind of slapped me in the face. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that it would, um, but it really did slap me in the and face. They and it made me, it and they didn't mean for it to, but it's, it was something kind of that made me evaluate what's going on and what's going on in my life. And then fortunately, when I did meet my husband now of almost 13 years, love of my life, I've known that, hey, if I have to be different around him or if people say like, oh my gosh, 
who are you? That's that's something that it's like bumpers. It's keeping mm-hmm. the bumpers on the marriage because then I know I need to really check in with myself often. Um, as far as doing, I think that you have to get the help. You do because sometimes marital counseling. Yeah, to get counseling for that. Mm-hmm. If you if it's not enough to just know it and then talk about it with your partner and say, hey, I think people, you know. My friend noticed that I just don't seem as happy. What have you noticed? Mm-hmm. How do you feel do you about think? marriage maintenance therapy? Or So two questions. How do you feel about marriage maintenance therapy? And what are some signs for couples that they need to consider going to marriage counseling or therapy? I see all of the couples that pretty much I have ever seen at least two to three times a year. Even couples that I ha- I've, I've been doing this for... I don't know, 16 years or so. And I still see couples from the very first year of my practice because maintenance is so important. People Not that just came to, to prevent, you in, in, in a troubled yes, situation? Or we just- work through that. And then I, I tell them, okay, let's avoid getting to that really deep, you know, deep part again um, or something new by checking in. Mm-hmm. When a couple, when I, I will tell a couple, look, Come in to see me. Plan on coming in once a month. Even if you have nothing to talk about, we can always work on improving something. And the guys are usually like, yeah, like our sex life, you know, and they're, they're very excited about mm-hmm. that. But at the very <laughs> so worst, true. so true. at the very worst, yeah. we talk about what they're doing right. And yeah. that's something to learn from as well. Appreciating each other. I don't think most people know that that's a possibility yeah. and that maintenance and working mm-hmm. at your relationship mm-hmm. and celebrating the really positive parts can be very rewarding totally. and exciting because most people dread. I, I actually didn't enjoy um, marriage therapy it's so for a heavy. lot of reasons. And it, and it also it takes... so heavy. I like When it. you think about it that you way. You did like I it, did. Megan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it also takes two very self-aware people to show up in the true sense of themselves rather than showing up and manipulating a therapist mm-hmm. or putting your best self forward. And you sort of look at your partner and go like, really? That is so not what happened. Yeah, but, but a good therapist won't do, let that I know, fly. I know. <laughs> yeah. but, like, there, but there you know, there are far and few between. So okay, I think so, maintenance is really important. Yeah. So, but also, you don't have to wait until anything's wrong. Well, that like, was my point. Wait. Exactly. That's right. what I felt. And that's really the said to I do premarital yes. counseling. And that's why. Because I don't want them to wait until... They're on the verge of divorce. First of all, can you explain to our explain to our audience the difference (laughs) so that they really understand? Because I think this is valuable advice for our listeners. What is the difference between marital counseling, um, marriage therapy? Like, just break that down for our our listeners. So, with with premarital counseling, what's happening? And it doesn't have to be that you're actually engaged or anything like that. But it's people who are committed. They are together, and they want to have the confidence that comes from really understanding your answers to questions about all sorts of things that if you don't deal with it now, or if you say, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know how you felt about it. Not that they have to have a permanent answer, but just a working knowledge Mm -hmm. of how you feel about really big topics, Mm -hmm. finances, spirituality, sexuality, um, communication, how you deal with in-laws, kids. What your agreements are. What your agreements are, exactly. How about... How many percentage of couples that don't have agreements, don't have a contract of agreements or whatever you yeah. want to call it, an understanding of what is acceptable and what's not. Yeah. They're just sort of floating yeah. through love, Arbitrary. discovering and failing and, and troubleshooting. It, 
so then you can move into a different phase. Let's say you never did premarital counseling mm-hmm. and you're coming in because you feel uneasy or you're wanting to take the next step in your relationship. Be what you want to be better, you want to enjoy mm-hmm. each other more. Um, those are the couples that are like, we're not really sure why we're coming in, mm-hmm. but something's not working. Hmm. And then, so is it sort of developing the code of conduct, if you will, pre-marriage of sort of expectations? Is that the right Absolutely. word? Or Absolutely. I love that. I've never used it. I might use it now. Well, you know what? But, our, child, um, like our children, our yes. little ones go to preschool and go to elementary school and they, depending on the school that they're at, there's sort of like a, there's like guidelines. There's mm-hmm. a code of conduct. This is what's expected of you. You're honest. You try your best. You mm-hmm. be a good friend. Blah, 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 blah. They're very simple, mm-hmm. basic, yeah. like life 101 yeah. rules. Yeah. And I never thought about applying those to a loving relationship yeah. or a commitment but Smart. this is like 101 yeah, but you also don't assume that every that these kids know it they, they don't they and they recite it, it out right. every single yes. day at the flagpole yeah <laughs> that's really cute and it takes but, you a know, long time to get societally it. we have this uh, umbrella marriage and everybody thinks they know what that means but it can mean yes. very mm-hmm. different things for different yeah. people mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. purpose does a marriage serve what right. purpose do we want our marriage to serve what about sex like what purpose does that serve and like yes. what's our intention for our sexual sexual relationship and so these in- agreements are so incredibly important like what constitutes cheating we've spoken about Mm -hmm. that one before because everybody has a very Mm -hmm. different idea of what that is for them and a different definition Mm -hmm. so So. on the topic of marriage uh, we we just had a guest and this is on my mind so I have to ask your opinion on this who his one of his suggestions was that you have an intimate connection some kind of a sensual sexual connection of some sort before you get emotionally involved and attached. Now, married at first sight is the opposite of that. You're getting married and you're assuming that there's this emotional connection based on all of this research between these two individuals. And then you put them together and hopefully there's, there's fireworks in the sexual department. Well, what do you think about him saying that? Do you think there's any truth in that? And what about your side of it? And is there some kind of a middle ground or which one's better? So when we're matching them, we don't consider something as, we don't consider the sexual component as something that is top priority because safety and security are so important. Yay. That is literally what we, we were saying oh. in our response to that. We're thinking, we talked about safety and security. Yes. So we don't, what, if we don't, don't okay. then, what if they don't have great sexual chemistry, though, and they're meant well, to stay? I'm, and on, if, I'm on if the monog- panel, so yeah, I can but help if them monogamy out, yeah. is mm-hmm. part of the agreement, and maybe it's not, so I, I'm, we'd need a lot more information to have you know, an educated conversation about this, but if they're hoping to have a committed marriage and they don't have chemistry and the sex isn't fulfilling, then do they stand a chance in marriage? I think they absolutely yeah. stand a chance in marriage if they're willing to get help for that. There's so many options. And then the other thing, because I love that y'all were talking about this, I love the way that my clients look at me when I say, you get to decide what your marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Just because you join the marriage club doesn't mean you're all under the same rules. What does that mean? Like, well, yeah, that's I haven't. It <laughs> means that, that it means before. that if something is working for the two of you and it keeps you connected, it doesn't matter if the person next door would crucify you for it. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Like yes. this right. question from Al. <laughs> from one of our um, listeners uh-huh. is about her husband being really interested um, in his spare time, I guess, um, ladyboys and, and dressing up as a ladyboy. And so, like, how do you 
Should we ask? Should we read the whole thing? Yeah, read yeah. the whole thing. Where is it? Let's, Ooh, let's it. do it. You That's read a it? deep one. I've had clients yeah. with this issue. So. I mean, yeah, there can be incompatibilities, but there's also... Or things that are, are um, deal breakers. Mm-hmm. And is that spelled out premaritally in your agreement? Um, and are agree- do agreements oh, change and oh, evolve? Okay. Or do you have no. to abide by your agreement throughout the marriage? Or do you get to grow? I, I, Hopefully we grow, but do you get to um, modify your agreement? You yeah. Well, if you're planning on being with someone for more than a decade, absolutely you need to assume that things are going to change and circumstances will change and your ideas about life. I mean, even just politically, things can change as far sure. as your belief systems over the course of four years. Sure. Um, so I think that having that idea that no matter what it is that we go through, as long as you're keeping me informed... And it's not a surprise to me because this is when people fall into this kind of trap is when you surprise someone with something and you're like, and this is now who I am, take me or leave me. It feels like an ultimatum rather when, than rather the, than a, hey, this is something that I'm interested in. This is something this exactly. is not only am I interested I in it, but in this, this is area. why mm-hmm. they need to know the why. And guess what? What, what am I getting out of we're it? We're pretty good about that. Yeah. We're pretty good about if something means something to you and you're able to articulate that. We're pretty good about saying, OK, I can respect that. Does that mean that they're going to accept it, love it, take it on as their own. No, that takes further, you know, discussion. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to come in this, on this journey with me? This is where I want exactly. to go. This is what I want to experience. Do you want to come with me? Like, I don't really believe in that idea of, oh, we just grew apart. That is like a series of like decisions that mm-hmm. have amounted to being apart and growing mm-hmm. apart. But it's, um, but coming to your partner with like, okay, the, our listener is has just discovered a few years ago that her husband has a small closet of bras, implants, makeup, wigs, and when she asked him about it, um, he informed that he enjoys ladyboys and it gets him aroused and he dresses as a female to role reverse to feel like the opposite sex. And she's saying that she understands this to be a sexual fetish, um, but my concern is towards the amount of items that he has. Is, it's, is there something else there? And he says it starts, started when he was a teenager. Now, is he so, sharing this with someone else outside of the marriage? Or is this just like for himself? It seems like it's within the relationship mm-hmm. and, and in his private time, but hasn't actually disclosed that that's what he's into with her. So, again, it's more about what is this going to mean to her? How is this going to affect her? Because oftentimes our partners have hobbies, interests, even fetishes that if they don't involve us, we might say, okay, well, as long as it's private and, you know, maybe the other um, distinction would be if no one else is going to find out about it and it's just between the two of us and that's fine. But if we find out that he's selling pictures online or he's part of groups and it becomes something that's more public, she needs Mm -hmm. to know this because these are life choices that could Mm -hmm. affect her. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the pain buffer too, going back to what you said, which makes perfect sense as I think about the possibility of agreements and open dialogue Mm -hmm. surprise is painful and Mm -hmm. shocking and can be shameful Mm -hmm. so you know find you know for this anonymous person who emailed us finding that and the element of surprise was probably you feel excluded maybe betrayed and there's an element of dishonesty um 
And I also think change, if you're able to say, you know, going back to what you said, Lila, just, I want to explore this. Can you support me in this journey that I feel like I need to go on? Maybe it's a yes, maybe it's a no, but I imagine the possibilities Mm -hmm. of support are much greater when there's open communication. Exactly, but, and even just to take it to more of like a, more of a global audience that might, uh, that might need to hear something like this. A lot of people feel like this, particularly women, when they find out that their husbands or partners masturbate, Mm -hmm. they have that sort of like a what? Mm. And even though, you know, as we get a little bit older, we know how the world works, we know that this is happening, but there are some women who will say, it's one thing for me to know that you do it, it's another thing for me to know that you do it. And they will even Mm. feel that as a sense of betrayal. Mm. So along these lines, the surprise factor, the the barrier, that the it's barrier. something happening other than what's mm-hmm. happening here, yes. that's over there. It's the unknown, you know? the, the I'm an outsider yeah. in our own relationship. That's mm-hmm. where the biggest betrayal comes in with affairs yeah. is because they feel like I've been living my life thinking it's one way and, oh, it's something else and I'm the outsider and now you have something special outside of me mm-hmm. with oh, this yeah. other person. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, do you think personal pleasure experiences are something that... Um, one should feel obligated to share within a committed relationship. I'm just curious what your point of view is about that because that seems like sort of a, you know, a personal right. And Well, I think that it's important that you share that it happens, it's a part of your life, to encourage them to know that you're doing the work for your own sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I explore my body. I don't put all the pressure on you to know everything about it. And if you need somebody to be, you know, to help you to understand what's going on with me, ask me well, because and just to be I'm clear, doing the work. Just to be clear, this is within a monogamous marriage. This is not like just dating, mm-hmm. right? Well, for sure, within a committed relationship, yes. Okay, well, Especially a committed if you're relationship. monogamous, okay. sure. Yes. But just in general, letting someone know that you're not, you're not ashamed yeah. of the fact that you explore your body and enjoy pleasure. Right. That kind of sets the tone. Now, if you don't, yeah, if you don't like it, if it's not a big part of your life, if you only do it because you're super stressed out every once in a while mm-hmm. or your body just asks for it, then I don't know that it would be something that is part of your sexual identity enough to share. Right. But I think if anything, if you're wanting to have an open dialogue and hope, hoping to grow in a sexual space, mm-hmm letting them know I do the work and I kind of hope that you do too and Mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about what works Mm -hmm. for you because otherwise you're kind of relying on outside sources like pornography and, you know, things that maybe don't fit with what's actually going on in the bedroom. That's a really great segue to another question that came in in relation to um, just sexual communication and openness about Mm -hmm. maybe what's good or bad in the sexual experiences because a lot of people just sort of downplay it and never bring it up and maybe they don't have their own satisfaction and they're never talking about it until it becomes a problem or they make a mistake or they go outside of the marriage. Let me read this question. Maybe you can help us answer it. Um, An anonymous anonymous, um, email came in about orgasm dysfunction. And it says, after this episode, which we did a previous episode about erectile dysfunction, can you guys talk about OD? A lot of women listening that may have trouble or have had trouble orgasming in the past. As for myself, I know it's a sensitive topic because I've never been able to 
and she says, like, ever, even after a few committed relationships of trying everything under the sun and me doing my own thing. So looking into potential reasons, it could be something psychological, mental, or even emotional that can prevent it from occurring. Regardless, it definitely changes things in the bedroom and can even result in a lack of anything sexual for months at a time. Sex can turn into something more transactional or solely for the other person rather than the joined experience. Well, this isn't a popular opinion. I'll just put it out there. But I wish instead of focusing on orgasm, we were just focusing on the pleasure part of it. Hi, have you met Lena? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. This is her philosophy. This is such an important Well, especially for women, because, you know, studies even show that the peak of pleasure occurs Prior to the, uh, prior to the orgasm, not at the actual orgasm, and it actually fall like the pleasure centers in our brain kind of fall mm. um, mm-hmm. the experience of it after orgasm or you know right as orgasm happens. So, I think in general, if we could just talk about it in terms of pleasure versus mm-hmm. orgasm, mm-hmm. because. I mean, so we're so used to the fact that the stars could be misaligned and it doesn't, like, our bodies don't react the same way. We could be taking a particular vitamin. We could be watching a particular movie. We, I mean, there's so many things that make our bodies work a certain way, quote unquote, yeah. or, or change or, you know. And so we're used to the fact that our bodies are not, we're not robots. Now, men... Mm-hmm don't seem to think the same way. They believe this is right, this is wrong, this is working, this is not working. And societally and socially, I think that men tend to contribute to those ideas that this is what works, this is what doesn't. Orgasm is best practice. Mm -hmm. Not having an orgasm means there's something wrong or dysfunctional. When if you ask most women, they'll say, orgasms are great, but that's not the only time that I enjoy a, a sexual experience. For sure. This Definitely. is. I think we're we're talking about you know this question. To me, it screams um, male dominated sex, or or at least you know what she male centered pleasure. Yes. Yeah. And, and what in in her perception of sex, which yes. is not from her point of view or a woman's point of view, it's from her husband's or you know whoever her partners, and um and like you're saying, Viviana, it's transactional because um, once you he reaches orgasm or she does it, the the job is over. And if you don't, then the transaction has not been completed. And I even think it's more performance oriented because Mm -hmm. we've decided the performance ends. Yeah. It's like the trophy. Yeah. Orgasm's a trophy reminding us that we're winners in the bedroom that Mm -hmm. we just So what kind of advice can we give to her? Because it sounds like she's accepting the fact that it's not happening and recognizing the pressure and the problem that it's putting on the sexual experience. So how can we help women going through that find pleasure in other ways or let go of it. Maybe something organic happens. Maybe they ride the wave of pleasure. Maybe they can find satisfaction in other ways and get that stigma um, you know, out of their the, mm-hmm. the idealism of sex. So what can you t- say to her? Well, if she's like a lot of women who experience this or has a partner who really wants her to look at this, I think that for sure going to her medical professional to make sure that there isn't anything hormonal or physiological that could be causing the anorgasmia. And she's saying she's never had one. Yeah, she's like, never. Yeah, yeah. Like in quote, mm-hmm. she's like, like never ever. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing How is we is don't that? know what it is that she's actually doing. 4%. She could have myths. She could have misinformation that helps her yeah. keep away from actually yeah. experiencing orgasm. The other thing is there are fears involved. Mm-hmm. A lot of times mm-hmm. an orgasm is such a vulnerable mm-hmm 
almost wild thing to experience. And that can be scary for women who want to, you know, who are a little bit more reserved or who are concerned that it, they're going to urinate or they because yeah. they have or that can't sensation give up control, or they trust. can't give up or they're worried about what they look like when it's happening. So sure. a lot of reasons to, to kind of back off. And so first of all, go to a medical professional just to tick that box off. Chances are it's not going to be a physiological issue after that seek advice from a certified sex therapist you know we can help them to figure out what it is and where it is that the problem lies Mm -hmm. oftentimes i'll say hey let's work on things individually Mm -hmm. that's what i was gonna so that it isn't so performance oriented Mm -hmm. definitely and also don't worry about having an orgasm yeah take off (laughs) the pressure i think the pressure is there with this woman i have one last question but i want to make sure that nobody else has a question no i I, I think anything like burning i think we've reached the climax okay i have one last question (laughs) well i haven't megan (laughs) she's wanting more i have one last question do you think that and i shouldn't direct it selfishly to women but i'm going to do you think that all women physically can have an orgasm i don't think that it's possible for all women to experience orgasm just like I think I think we're all so different. I feel like our bodies are we're not robots. I don't I just don't see that. Especially because it's so mind body connection. Mm-hmm. So if you're experiencing any sort of psychological or even just emotional barriers, that typically sexual pleasure is one of the first things that kind of goes to what the if, side. What if a woman experiencing trauma or pain or has healing to do goes through the process, heals those wounds, finds a, a better avenue of being in touch with her own sensuality? From an anatomy point of view, do you think all women physically are capable of orgasming? I mean, I understand that. I guess I, I'm asking I, you the right. same question. because yeah, No, 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 I get it. I get it. No, I think, well, you said physically. That's, I mean that's a little that? bit different. I, I do think that physically. Do you know what I mean? The why I'm, I'm, I'm. Just like with all. Right, because you, you're wondering if maybe, yeah, it's not possible. It's just not going to happen ever. I, well, I've heard, I've heard two points of view. So that's why I'm, I'm curious. And I understand the I'm connection. Too. And, and, I'm, and, and, I'm and all the, about this woman finding her orgasm. That's what I, I mm. think. She's got this idea that it's climactic, just like a man climaxes. Right. And we spoke about this a bit before on other podcasts. But yeah, she's kind of trapped in this idea that she has to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it looks a certain way. And and I always say that there's probably as many different female orgasms as there mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. women having them. Like they're well, so society, unique. And right? I think this woman can find immense, immense pleasure in the sexual experience, yes. but it might look like something very different out of the realms of mm-hmm. what she's been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And that sort of goes mm-hmm. back to sort of the core, um, you know, the DNA of our show, which is about intimacy. And I love the way that Leela put it so early on. It's about finding intimacy within yourself. We always talk about understanding our own body, understanding our own pleasure, finding our own orgasm, which comes in many different shapes and sizes. And, um, you know, we have this expectation and this idea of what it looks like. And we spoke about, you know, making love, not porn. Even we have all this imagery that can be very far from, um, pleasurable moment. So it's it's great for us to have your professional point of view and to share possibilities and exercises and things that all of our listeners can do just to develop their own experiences. Well, yes. and, and going back to your original question about our couples and whether or not we, we believe that, and I think it was actually you, Megan, you said, what happens if 
you know, they create more of a physical bond Mm -hmm. before the emotional. And sometimes our couples do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It may or may not be happening right now. So so there are things that that we notice some couples will totally gravitate to each other physically at what expense though. And that's where we're, we're kind of the experts. We're like, hold on, take it back. We're, you know, we're glad that you have been able to connect in that way, but take a step back because there's so many more ways to connect Smart. in order to really fill out Just your round new it marriage. Out. Round it are, out. You, are you recommending or promoting delayed gratification in the sexual, in the physical connection to develop your, um, your bond? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay, so this is why because wah, I wah. see so many couples <laughs> in my practice. I see good thing so we didn't have her couples. and Doctor Eric on at the same time. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> Back and forth. Um, this is the thing. I see so many couples who come in and they're like, everything's working awesome in the sex department, mm. but our relationship, our emotional connection, is just terrible. Well, guess what? They're not going to be happy just because they have that sexual connection right. that tends to... And, and guess what? They've usually um, compartmentalized. And so it's not, again, that full experience. It's They mm-hmm. have that, but it's in its own mm-hmm. bucket. Um, I would say that for most people, for satisfaction, for pleasure, for long-term commitment, having the emotional connection is what's going to take you into your 70s, 80s, 90s because, as you know... Things start to decline physically, and all of a sudden men realize they're not robots, things that we already knew about them a long time ago. (laughs) And if you are so focused on their sexual functioning in order to round out your marriage, everybody would be divorced. For sure. Eventually. So Great advice. Thank you so much. I'm fascinated now. I'm looking forward to watching this this series. Wednesdays, Married at First Sight, watch Dr. Viviana Cole's on Lifetime, such a cool How show. How else can we find you? At drviviana.com. And for your listeners, I have a promo code. I have an online community oh, yeah. that's exclusive content, advice, tips. I want to keep everyone happily married um, or happily dating or relationships. And it would be Vivid10. If you use that code for the Vivid community, you'll get uh, month free. First month and by the way, community is so safe and so important to be able to connect 24-7 with thoughts and shared experiences and questions because a lot of people are still not comfortable um, verbalizing a, a, a lot of these issues and it's a really safe place I think to connect and to learn thank so you. that's great and, we, we, and please come back and out. see us yes I'd love to thank you I'm Elliot Connie and this is family therapy my best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was amazing. I personally loved her. Me too. I want to marry her. (laughs) At first sight. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be at first sight anymore. I want to hire her to help me make my relationship agreement document. I never thought about doing that before. That is on my mind. Let's make a pinky promise to do that right now. (laughs) If If and when we're in need of one. Well, we should have one anyway. I know. I think so. Um, everybody should have an agreement of some sort, life and love and friendship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks sex. for tuning in mm-hmm. and sex, of course. We had so much fun this episode and we are enjoying this project um, so much. So don't forget to email us because your questions and opinions really matter to us. We're at ik at iheartradio.com. And of course, follow us on social media at Intimate Knowledge Podcast. Um, we're interacting there. We want to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll be together again next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts